0: Postpartum and the early childhood years. Are you ready to live the life of your dreams? Welcome to Mystical Motherhood's episode number nine. Megan is here with us today and she is willing to share her journey of becoming pregnant, which has been a long process and she's been trying for almost two years. So she shares her frustrations around this and also the emotional, physical, and spiritual growth she has gone through by dealing with her own um, problems around food, around her family, her eating disorder, her need to control, and how she's learned to let go and trust uh, through the process of becoming pregnant. She now realizes that she's become a better mother to herself and will be a better mother to her child when she does have a baby. I hope you enjoy this. Hi, everyone. Uh, Megan is here with us today, and she has been on the path of becoming pregnant for about a year, over a year now.
1: Yeah, almost two.
0: Almost two years, and she's going to share her story of fertility and healing and she's going to become really personal with you so that you can learn the importance of clearing out yourself in the process of becoming pregnant and also how that can absolutely change your relationship to spirit and yourself and your relatives and your partner in the process. So Megan, um, how long have you been trying to become pregnant?
1: It was literally two years ago when I stopped taking the pill.
0: Okay. And when did you know in that moment that you were ready to have a baby?
1: Oh gosh, to be honest, we, we had just gotten our dog and we had her for about two months. And I think I'd never been more in love with my husband or, and another, people you know, being. But for me, it, it taught me that I could be selfless and nurturing and care for someone else um, almost as much as I care for myself.
0: And so when you look back on the journey, so when you look back on the journey of where you are now, so Megan's still trying to become pregnant and where you, when you first started, let's go back through that journey and tell everyone the process and how you have almost come to an awakening of who you are and heal these different parts of you from that moment in time when you decided you want to become pregnant to now and the different emotions you've gone through.
1: Oh, wow. I think, um, in the beginning, I, I always had it. I don't even know where to begin. I'm sorry. I feel like most of my life, my body has been my battle and through, you know, um, college and, adult and early in my 20s, I just from, an, you know, I had an eating disorder in college and then came out from that and got into recovery and really figured out a way to live my life free of the disease. Um, but through that, I realized that I had created a lot of rigidity around my life. Um, around more so my exercise routine, my eating habits, um, then kind of going, I was in business school and, you know, was, they're about 20% women. So I, I realized that I really kind of hardened myself physically and emotionally. Um, the point where I didn't even know if I wanted children. Um, even when I met my husband, you know, I knew, it would happen inevitably, but, um, you know, I, I, was always afraid that I was too selfish. I was afraid of what it would do to my body. And I was afraid that I would be too selfish to allow something else to change my body. Um, and, but then, you know, and I, I also was worried that maybe my husband loved the baby more than he loved love. And so I kind of had all these fears And um, but I also knew I wanted a family. Like I knew in my gut that that was that that was one of my purposes. And so um, sorry, so now that was kind of the background leading up, and then you know, so two years ago when I was 33, um, I stopped taking the pill. And I remember kind of Ivan and I, my husband and I looking at each other and being like, we're really and I also, because I was a little bit older, I knew that once I stopped taking the pill, I needed to be ready. Because I everyone has those friends, or I had a friend that, you know, one month after taking the pill, she was pregnant and, you know, kind of freaked out about it. So I also knew that it could take years. Um, so you know, we, we stopped taking the pill. I went to the doctor, um, and she basically was just like, you know, call me when you're pregnant. And I didn't change anything. All I did was stop taking them. I continued doing my 6 a.m. hardcore workouts. I, you know, continued eating and drinking the way I was. I didn't really change much else. Um, and I kind of let that happen for about, you know, six or eight months. And then I was getting my period. And everyone kind of kept saying, "Oh, you're young. Give it a year. Give it a year. Give it a year." Um, and I, I say I gave it a year in quotations because I didn't do anything aside from cutting the pill out of my life. So everything else kind of remained the same. And then um, for me, I think you know, I went to I went to South America in december of 2016 and with friends and well one i think spending time with you and your children for a prolonged period of time and seeing how ivan and i kind of were more natural with them and able to engage with um your three-year-old and your one-year-old and um and that really seeing my husband be a nurturer with, you know, children really touched my heart. And, um, it was also New Year's Eve. So, you know, always a time for reflection. And I really just, I felt like that. I think that so basically almost a year after stopping the pill, I finally felt ready to have a baby. If that makes, I felt like we were ready as a couple and I was ready. Um, a woman, and but I also knew that things had to change, and I was introduced to Kundalini Yoga, and um, that changed my life, and um, and I started to really think about taking care of myself, and not in the sense of taking care of myself so I can fit into a certain size jeans and have a flat stomach. It was taking care of myself in the sense of how can I prepare myself for pregnancy and how can I better prepare my body for a child and, um,
0: Becoming spiritually, emotionally and physically prepared. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Cause I, and I think, I mean, I look back now and it was, you know, almost about like 15 months ago this happened. And I thought I was ready then and I, you know, it's, I just feel like a totally different person today. Um, And so I I just kind of along, so kind of came back to the States in January, went on an amazing Kundalini yoga retreat. And um, I feel like I really learned how to, not only I've been in cognitive therapy for most of my life, but I'd never experienced the, Physical side of actually kind of physically getting out that emotion and pent up, um, pent up emotion. Um, and so I feel like I just kind of I don't by sort of raising my consciousness. Um, and basically when I got back from that retreat in January of 2017, I started meditating every single day, and for me. I am a person of moderation and I also, I think from my eating disorder brain, I told myself I would never go on a diet again. And so I, I do baby steps. Like I really try not to force myself to do anything because I just, I am my own worst critic. And so if I tell myself I'm going to meditate for an hour every single day for the rest of this year, I'm going to one day meditate for 20 minutes and I won't. And somehow I'll still be a failure in my mind. So I kind of wanted to set myself up for success, um, kind of knowing my own demons in my head. And so I just literally started doing between three to seven minutes of this Sakriya meditation, which I really found, um, spoke to me, um, started doing that every day and literally, it got to the point where I'm in, I work from home and I'm in my office and i get off a phone call and I want to scream and I can go down and do three minutes of this meditation and feel like an entirely different person and like literally rise above it. Um, and so I think for me, having that great kind of awakening, um, it was really, it's been great. Um, but it's also, you know, like, i thought i thought okay well now i'm doing yoga and i'm doing and meditating so maybe now i'll get pregnant and um and i think i just still because i was still doing my hardcore workouts and being pretty um restrictive with my diet and um still pretty rigid with my just overall routine still working a lot um still letting a lot of stress and anxiety in um and just kind of going, still continuing on with kind of the physicality of, um, I feel like I was working on my emotional side, but I really wasn't doing much outside of meditating to alter sort of my physical being. Because um, and all this while, I wasn't getting a period. I can't remember if I said that, but I had, and I don't have PCOS. Um, there were All my numbers were right. Like I didn't have anything physically wrong with me and what was Um, your BMI then what was your body mass index oh I don't know but it wasn't under I mean I'm I'm five foot nine and between like like around I might I average around like 150 pounds so like I'm definitely I was not underweight so okay.
0: Just so anyone who's listening, for if you're not having a period, some of the reasons can be PCOS, which can be altered with diet, and oh, thyroid issues, a low BMI, and not eating enough. And so t- there's studies that show if you uh, need to to have a period and you're not eating enough, you need to raise your calories by 500 to 700 a day. If you have a very low BMI, such as an 18 or 18.5, and likely your period may come back, but you can go to mystical motherhood for more info on that. But it's super important to mention it.
1: Yeah, very. And, and even just hearing that right now, um, it scares me, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And it's, I, I, you know I um because basically and I don't know if so I'm I'm sorry I'm kind of losing my place but I guess for me what what really forced me to kind of slow down was when I, I you know I was a little impatient and I had about six months of doing kundalini yoga and um also doing um acupuncture which has been an amazing journey as well so kind of bringing in eastern medicine and eastern ideas into my um daily routine and but in july of last year right around my 35th birthday um i also think i had the number 35 in my head because my mother was 35 when she had me ivan's mother was 35 when she had him and that is like the at least in societal standards, any doctor that sees that I'm not 35 yet says I'm young. So I just feel like I had that number in my head. And I went to a fertility specialist. We did one round of Clomid. And I honestly, it was like right around my 35th birthday. And I can't believe I was so naive, but I honestly thought that it would happen. I honest to God thought I would just have to take one round of Clomid to jumpstart my body. We'd, you know, have have I would get pregnant and the rest would be history. And so even though we'd been, you know, we pulled the goalie a year and a half prior, I really never got that, that horrific feeling of seeing a negative pregnancy test until a year and a half into trying. And it was, I mean, it was, I was hysterically sobbing on the floor of my kitchen. Um, and and I also the drugs really brought me back to kind of my 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 bulimic days of just having body mind and having no energy and um just not being myself. I just lost that connection that I had. Um because I think I think at least for me, this has been a lot about my relationship with myself and my body. And it's been hard and, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you know, doing the rounds of hormones, I thought it was doing the right thing for myself. And I thought, you know, my husband and I are in the old school mentality of and Barrett, you know, like short-term pain for long-term gain. And I kind of want to, and that's kind of how I do most everything. So when I started the hormones, my it wasn't a matter of how many months are we gonna try, it was I'm gonna do this until I'm pregnant. And um and we did five rounds it was not pretty and it was hard. And um, but you know, the one one of the blessings was that I physically could not maintain the workouts and diet that I had been prior to the hormones. Um, and I also couldn't work the hours. I work from home. I work for my family business. So it really does take effort to have boundaries. And I didn't really have boundaries before. But when I was on these drugs, I mentally could not focus. I physically could not work out. And, and this is just me and my side effects. Like I know everyone is so different. But for me, um, I just was spiraling. Spiraling, and you know, throughout, I think what helped me survive those times was acupuncture on a regular basis. And I really—it's she's a female acupuncturist, and so I really feel like that helped. I also have been in therapy for most of my life, um, and I already had a therapist here in LA before, so that has been amazing helpful as as well and then having chelsea in my life and um kind of every month or so we would do a healing and you know even though i was in this hormone fog i felt myself releasing so much of my past and i was learning so much about how much of my childhood i was carrying into this um And I think for me, I had to see you, I had to hear from you. You had to tell me that it was okay to take a break. It was in December. It was, you know, a week before Christmas. I had probably, you know, i gained weight. I was not happy with my body. My husband, I was just beating the crap out of him figuratively. I was just, he was my punching bag because for the little amount of energy I had it would take to be cordial to my colleagues and my employees. And then, you know, and then I would come home and just release on him. And and even I was like, who wants to make a baby with this person? And I I I um I just was not myself. I feel like I had regressed even, you know, pre kundalini yoga, pre business school, pre bulimia. And, um, and I think for me, I just, I didn't trust. I just, I was just, I thought I just.
0: So tell me more about the trust. So what did you need to do? Cause a lot of women, so just to recap, recap on everything you said. So like so many women work through all of these issues and you're not alone you know the bulimia the eating disorders the the self-mutilation of the way we work out or we eat too little or we eat too much everybody has that in some shape manner or form and this you know body image dislike. and then working I know you worked through family issues too and then you worked through and and it sounds like also what I'm also hearing is a lot of issues around control around you know it's all the issues around the diet or the food first off, but control around your work and this rigidity around life. So, it, and I, I often see this with a lot of my clients is that they, they have a lot of rigidity or resistance or tightness in them around some sort of subject or around something in their life that they need to control. And then it comes out, whether they're in school, they're working too much, they're not eating enough, they want to lose weight or something. And it comes out in the in either within the pregnancy or before the pregnancy through the fertility process. And so it's really good. You're working through it now because guess what? If you hadn't, you would be dealing with this in motherhood. So I just wanted to talk about that. Like how did you get to the point that you had more trust and you just started to relax? Cause I feel, I feel the relaxation in you now, which was different then. Right.
1: Oh, totally. I mean, well, I think a lot of the sessions with you really helped. I think helping work through my family issues and um, truly helping to kind of relieve myself of the obsession with food. Um, I grew up in a household, um, and my mother is a size zero and my father is um, a, always dieting. So both parents had relationships with food. And, um, and and rigidity around it. And I think I just have taken that into my adulthood. Um, I also, with work, I work from home. I work for my family business, which sounds amazing. And I, I have the freedom to create a day where if I want to go to yoga at noon, I can go to yoga at noon. But yet, I don't do that. I still created this rigid sort of nine to five, like um, can't leave for an hour to go to acupuncture type of mentality. And I think, I mean, the trust, I think for me, it happened, it happened to me and it happened because of the work I've been doing. I think the hormones and the drugs that physically forced me to slow down and and mentally sort of check out from work. And then that being a long enough process to where I could see that one, the business goes on. My father doesn't hate me because I don't always answer the phone right when he calls and no one really notices. Like that was the, it's like work wise, you know, if I, I used to be so anxious if I went to acupuncture at 3 PM and we'd be done at four and I'd be worried about, you know, whatever I missed for that hour when that's just not how the business works and not how the world works. It's kind of, you know, if you take a sick day, the world isn't going to end. And, um, and I think that's, I was, I, I was able to really see that. Um, and then also the food, um, I cut out dairy and thought I could never do that. And I did it and it, made, I felt, I physically felt better, far less anxiety. And it really wasn't that difficult. I never really felt deprived. I, in my adult life, I don't like feeling deprived because I feel like as a child and as as an adolescent, my entire world was about deprivation um, in my head. And so kind of learning that, you know, I'm not depriving myself of dairy. I am more so healing myself and kind of preparing my body for pregnancy.
0: Yeah. And that's a really good way to go about it. I like that you said that because it's when, I mean, if food is so sensitive and it's, and it's the first thing I always want to work with with people, as I said, what is your diet? And many people don't want to do it, but, but, you have to, it's like, you don't want to go crazy. You want to eliminate everything. I mean, if you can't, I mean, when I started eliminating things, I, if I did, it was so difficult, right? Right. But if you take one thing out at a time and then you realize that it's not that it's like cleaning up your house. Like I don't really need that item that's, you know, been in my bedroom for a year and I have not touched it and I move it out. I don't know it's gone. And so if you kind of take things one at a time with food or or things that might be irritating you, a lot of times it's a gluten intolerance, um, that actually can affect fertility or, you know, the meat you're eating that can affect fertility or, and all these things that the doctors don't talk about they just hand you a pill and so these are the types of healing on this you know almost microscopic cellular level and the spiritual healing and the creating the space is just as important and all of this imagine who you would imagine if you would have gotten pregnant let's say let's look back at it let's say you would have gotten pregnant these all of these issues wouldn't really have been worked through no yeah no and so it's like I always want to look at the glass half bowl like wow look at how far you've come and how different you'll be in the way you were able to almost look at yourself in the mirror yeah. over the last two years
1: I mean yeah that's I mean I feel like and that's so true and I feel like that's really I feel like every day I become a better mother and I think right now I'm being a mother to myself.
0: Yeah. And it makes me want to cry because it's like, we have to learn to mother ourselves and we have to go back in history. And I do this with all of my clients and I tell, you know, tell them, there's little girls or you know, in all of us that are living in all these dimensions in time of all these memories of these subconscious memories that were either good or bad, but we assume are bad that these little girls need to be mothered. And, and until we learn to mother ourselves, we can't mother anyone else.
1: I completely, I mean, it's, it's so true. And I even, I even feel like my husband has grown and evolved through this. Um, and I, I feel like he and I are at, we have a really good partnership. And, you know, we kind of, kind of not to jump back a little bit, but in terms of timing, I started my hormones the day we moved into our brand new house that we met, our first home that we'd ever bought together. So I think, you know, it was definitely just everything at once was hitting us. And um, and I think kind of sir. You know, kind of coming out on the other end of that, and seeing that we survived, and you know, he he is working on himself, and I am working on myself, and together we're working with each other. Because um, I, I guess the one thing that I, I through all of my experiences prior to the infertility, I truly believe that you know there is a reason for almost everything, and. Most of my life, I never really got what I wanted when I wanted it. You know, I thought I would be ready to get married at 27, and I didn't meet my husband until I was 28 and got married at 32, you know, and then I and I, so I just, um, or I think if my family business two years ago, I was fighting my father endlessly tooth and nail to try to take more control over the business and then i finally just kind of had to let go and this year he's giving me he's giving me more of the business and he's and,
0: and it's that yeah. letting go and it's and it's that and and well first off with the husband repeating back to that when when you when a woman starts to raise her caliber and you know awaken she either the husband is going to have to meet her at that level, or he's going to, you know, crumble and the, the relationship won't last. Like as you grow and you awaken and you become a stronger and more powerful individual who understands them, themselves, who's not, you know, in, as insecure or you know, working through these all these huge issues, he's going to meet you there. Yeah. He has to. He has to up his game, and that's what's so powerful about the process of awakening through motherhood and. And then about the letting go, and it's how many stories have we heard? When you let go, it comes. You know when how many how many times? And it, and it's like when you let the gripping go, but it's like when you're in it, you need it, you need it, you need it. But then there's so much pleasure in that when it when it's gone, and it's, what's the worry?
1: You know, it's so. I mean, and it's so true. And I think I try not to beat myself up because I'm like, gosh, I I should have known. You know that anytime you try to strengthen the grip, it just you know, makes it even harder, but you
0: have and to go through it, <laughs> <laughs> you have to go through it. And so that you, then you can now teach someone else, you know, you have to go through that process of the gripping, whatever form it's in, it could be a real, I mean, it's usually a person or it could be a place you live or an item you have. It's constant gripping on these things and control is a huge, huge issue around, you know, fertility. Yeah. Of when I need it to happen needs to do it be right now and 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 then a doctor will hand you a pill that immediately is going to control you know to, as a as a means to help you control more
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it's it's it there's more to it it's yeah. an inter you know dimensional thing
1: totally and I I also think it's still such a I don't know if taboo is the right word but it's an it's a interesting topic where some people, I mean, I've tried to be pretty open about it. Um, I've, ex- I've been on the outside of people going through infertility and, and kind of not really known what they were going through. And then a few years later finding out and thinking, Oh, I wish I had known I could have been more of support to them or whatever. So I've always kind of been an open book with this, but I do realize that, um, it's, I think it's a a good thing and I think it it needs to happen because like when I go to the doctor and he's like, Oh, you might just get a, you might side effects. You might be a little bloated for a few days. And it's like, (laughs) are you freaking kidding me? It was beyond that. Yeah. And I know that I'm probably, you know, and then you, I Google it and some people, and that's the thing. Everyone's different too. I, I don't know if I'm more extreme. I, you know, I think I am pretty sensitive. Like when I, like my acupuncturist will say, like, I, you know, I feel things pretty um, easily and quickly. And so I don't know if it was just me, but I think that was another part is I felt so alone when I was in my sort of hormonal fog and, um, and I, I didn't really do much research, but I think knowing, knowing what I know now, like if there had been more of a forum or, like, a support group or something, Um, just a safe room to exchange ideas or share. I
0: hope to make one.
1: (laughs) Because you, I think, you know, kind of having you in my life has been instrumental, and you introduced me to kundalini yoga and acupuncture, and I think I look around, and I have my therapist, and it really takes a village. And my mother, my mother who... Um You know, when I was going through my bulimia wasn't didn't know how to support me. My mother has actually um been much more supportive and well
0: you're allowing more too, you know you're in the process of you know letting go a little bit of your grip of controlling, and in that you allow people to come in and help because control doesn't want help right. You know, controls rigid and it's like, I'll do this alone. I'm going to do it the way I know how to do it. But then when you start to let go of that and like go through the process of healing, you can't heal yourself if you're trying to control your environment so much. But two last questions before we end. So where are you at right now in your journey of, you know, fertility? And then what can you teach? What would you like other women to know?
1: So right now, I, in the middle of December, like I was saying, I, um, that was our last round of hormones. And we originally were going to give like a month off. And I had, you know, everyone kept saying, oh, maybe you'll get pregnant on your break. And I kept, and it's, I mean, exactly what you said. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get pregnant on my break because I don't have a period on my own. So I just was still kind of like, okay, I'll take a break for a month. And then, you know, as this, it's just in the end of January, I got my period and it was like, I I don't know what the right, I just was elated. And I think the, you know, the universe was showing me that I needed to let go and that maybe I don't have to do it this certain way. Like I think I had already had the tunnel vision that we have to do IVF and this is what my story is going to be as opposed to having a more open mind and trusting that my story is my story and whether or not I get pregnant through hormones or whether I'm able to do it on my own, it's kind of the path is already, I feel like the path is not already chosen for me, but I you know, I just feel like I needed to let go. Like you said, and I got the period and I just, it kind of changed everything. And um, well, the one interesting thing was my husband wasn't as um, on board with so now we're taking a few months and just literally um, trying, like, the old-fashioned way where, you know, I'm my days and um, I am, you know, um, doing the ovulation sticks and we're, you know, having sex every other night around the ovulation time. And, um, and that's happened... So I've had two full cycles and now I'm on my third um, that are all without hormone intervention. And it's not a walk in the park, but I feel like, I just feel good about everything. Uh, our, my relationship with my husband, I feel better about my relationship with my body. It's, um, I'm, my exercise routine is different and I'm okay with that. My body is a little different. So I went shopping a couple weeks ago and got no better clothes that will work for pregnancy. Um, and I, I are you know, we're being, we're having fun. He and I are like having fun together and, and I just, I feel really good. Um, but it's also, it's hard. My one cycle was 40 days. The second cycle was 49 days, but I really do believe that my body, I'm, I'm letting my body sort of. Heal. Yeah. exactly and and I feel like emotionally as well I'm healing and I think my advice to other women is just that you're not alone and to seek help wherever you can get it other women I mean you know men are wonderful but they don't get it and so for me it's the women in my life who have really helped and supported me. And even my own mother-in-law shared her um, struggles with me that Ivan didn't even know about. Um, And I think that's the other thing is that you know, kind of opening a dialogue with, with the generation of women who weren't allowed to talk about it 30 years ago um, has been interesting as well. And, you know, and I think, yeah. And I think I just, and I also, I think in this sense, I, you know, the term selfish maybe isn't the best term, but you have, I have to put myself first. So if like the other day I was supposed to go to a play date with two friends and their children and I just wasn't feeling great. It was already, it was kind of, and I'd already kind of seen them and had a hard time hearing about Like it just, it wasn't going to work for me emotionally that day. And I just was honest. I just said, I can't, you know, make it to the play date with your kids. And, um, and guess what? Like, they're still my friends. The world's in an end. And I took care of myself. And I think that's, it's, it's hard for women to put themselves first. And, um, and, you know, kind of, and that looks different for everybody. But for me, you know, taking care of myself means, going for a walk with my dog for an hour instead of going to, um, you know, the hardcore workout that I used to do and going to yoga instead of, um, you know. Drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, um, you know, like I, have yeah. So I, I don't know. Thank
0: I, you for sharing from your heart. It was so special. And thank you for letting everyone know your journey.
1: Well, I hope I could help. And thank you, Chelsea.
0: I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if it helped you, please let someone else know. You can also subscribe. You can write in. You can leave comments. And you can ask questions. You can go to mysticalmotherhood.com to find out more information, and if you're on the road of becoming pregnant or looking to become a conscious mother, you can read the book Mystical Motherhood available on Amazon. Thank you so much.